0: Hey, all you sexy men, women, squirrels, and, and and everything else in between. How you doing? It's a it's a lovely day here where I am. Actually, no, I just looked out the window. That was my mind making up the 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 hopefulness that it was a, a beautiful day. It's actually a very gloomy day, but I hope where you are, it's a beautiful day. Um, this is a fun episode. So Actually, yeah, no, it is a fun episode. We talk about some serious stuff in here, though. So um, anyways, I'll tell you all about it after this sponsor. So yes, this is, like I said, this is a it's a fun episode. Um, it's a fun episode because I got to reconnect with somebody that uh, I haven't lost complete touch with, but that I definitely don't talk to on a day-to-day basis. So it was cool to get her on and, and uh, you know, just kind of catch up. That's something that, you know, I've said... So many times on this podcast that this podcast has really given me the opportunity to get people on and talk to people that uh, were friends and still are friends and um, just to see where they are in life. And and, and that's a beautiful perspective. Then, of course, we do talk about some serious stuff in here. So that's why I was sort of hesitant at first when I said it. My mind uh, double checked itself. It performed a grammar check. It said, "Hold on, wait, 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 hold on. Is this actually fun?" And it is fun. But then, of course, we talk about you know some uh, some stuff. So, anyways, my guest is Chloe Linay. She is, uh, like I said, a friend of mine, and uh, I'm just gonna let her do the talking. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna tell you anything about her. I just think it's some things are best some things are best left unsaid and just experienced firsthand with no preparation. H. No, with no preparation. Here we go, guys. Get ready. Get set. Because guess what? It's Chloe. Motherfucking Lynnae I got to come up with a better middle name for our, for all my guests that I feel comfortable enough saying a middle name for. You know what I mean? So hold on. Let me see here. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Get ready. Get set. Because it is Chloe, son of a bitch, Lenae. you sexy folks out there we are gonna get chloe lenae that's right lenae not lenny lenae we're gonna get her on the line here let's hit this dial button and uh get this thing rocking and rolling shall we hello chloe
1: yes this w- is
0: what is going on
1: nothing much just got some stuff done at the store today and Braved the survivalists.
0: Okay, so okay, so um, you are someone that seems like a very free spirit. So what is what is this like for you? Because it seems like putting you in a quarantine would be one of the worst ideas on the face of the planet. It just seems like you probably thrive better outside of four walls.
1: I honestly can agree with you on that Um, I am more about going to parks and traveling and being able to drive and just take a drive without worrying about everything and it's been kind of tough lately not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird thing. And you know, I've talked about it a lot here. So we'll just kind of skim it. But uh, it's, it's just a bizarre thing. I'm actually, uh, the reason I have to cut this one a little close, uh, because I'm going to be having a uh, doctor, her name's Dr. Lakara, I got to figure out how to say her name. But um, (laughs) like, I really wanted to get like an actual doctor, because I've only had people on like, you know, similar to you and me. And it's just sort of, uh, you know, I I feel like there's so much misinformation out there and I don't know. Absolutely. I'm very curious about all this stuff. So, um, you know, I want to get a, an actual doctor's (laughs) opinion, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a strange thing. So it's a strange time, but, uh, you're, you're handling it well. You went to, uh, you went to some stores and, uh, you got your survival supplies. Yep. uh, I
1: had to get my survival supplies, um, I've actually been making the most of it for the most part. I've just been artistically honing in, um, you know, art and crafts and stuff that I can do around the house. Um, I've been remodeling my room at the moment and just landscaping outside. So it's it's kind of weird knowing that anywhere you go, there's going to be people with masks and it's all don't touch this, don't touch that. Uh, hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. Excuse me. All the time. So it's been really strange, in my opinion. <laughs>
0: yeah, but you embrace the mask, right? You you like oh, really yeah. embrace that thing.
1: Trying to make it creative as much <laughs> as I can.
0: <laughs> so okay. So what does it feel like to be on? Have you ever been on a podcast?
1: Um, No, I no? had someone ask me to be on one previously, and we're still in the works of creating that. Um, it'll be a whole lot better once. Uh, the coronavirus is a little died down so that we can actually go and film it um, for his YouTube channel. But yeah.
0: Okay. So you're actually going to be making your own. Yes. What's it going to be about?
1: Um, it's just mostly going to be about topics that are relatable. Um, I know there's one podcast, my friend Ignatius is going to be um, creating his own podcast channel and it's gonna be about mental health and just, you know, vibing and talking about stuff and topics that we all kind of feel are relative to our situations.
0: Nice, nice. Cause I was gonna say so yeah. so what does it feel like to be a guest on here? Because I I would imagine that it sort of falls in between like uh winning a game of Jenga and then like getting a two for one at like a shopping center like you know what i mean like like somewhere in there is sort of where i would imagine i've been on a few podcasts like as a guest and it's always a i don't know it's a nice feeling
1: well i mean in my opinion so far and it kind of feels like you're on wheel of fortune and you're able to spin (laughs) the wheel and you're like wow i have a moment of 15 seconds of fame you know but at the same time you have that creative ability to share your opinion so it's been interesting so far
0: (laughs) yeah it's uh so for everyone listening because i'm sure a lot of people are probably going eddie how do you know how do you know chloe i like to give backstory i like to you know i just didn't randomly find you on facebook and was like hey you want to come on like there's (laughs) there is an actual history a little bit of a history uh we actually used to uh uh, work at the same place uh where we dipped donuts in uh, in uh in chocolate and and sprinkled them and and uh, made
1: coffees for Karen's and Carol's alike. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. And Bob's and, and John's. And yeah, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't a, uh, I don't know. I look back on it a little fondly. Do you?
1: honestly i do too um given the situation at that time and us both surviving the fire that happened and everything yes it was an interesting and weird time but at the same time i mean i always vibed with you when we were we were you know at work we always made jokes and did impressions and stuff it made the time go by really quickly so
0: (laughs) yeah the 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 duncan so that's all right so spoiler alert that's where we worked. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> um, it, uh, it, 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 actually caught fire. Um, I remember I was, uh, sleeping and my brother called me and he was like, dude, your Duncan's on fire. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're pretty good. You know, we have our off days, but
1: oh yeah." <laughs> I
0: guess today we're on fire. And, uh, yep. he was like, no, literally your store is like catching on <laughs> fire. And I was like, what? And so then I got in my car, drove. It was a, you know, like I said, it was an off day and, uh, literally I turned the street and all i could see in the air was just black smoke and because like in the back of my head i was thinking like maybe like a little you know lobby fire or something
1: right like maybe electrical or something well i was actually there the day it burnt down um (laughs) and funny story about that um my mom actually was running some errands across town
0: shout out to your mom she
1: was Yes, definitely. She's my superhero. Um, And she's like, hey, I saw some black smoke around the area you work. Are you okay?" And I was like, funny, you should ask as I'm walking to the Winn-Dixie. That's right across the street. Funny, you should ask. um, My job's on fire. And she just bolts it back to come get me. She's like, are you okay?" I remember us trying to escort all the old people that were You know, with walkers and stuff outside the door. Like, I know you can't walk fast, but we need to get you out like now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like, and And it
1: just kind of escalated from there, you know.
0: And all that training that you get, right? So, when you like, (laughs) like, like like when you get hired at these places, like at any restaurant, if they're actually, you know, uh, like a like an actual good restaurant, they'll give you some training on you know what to do if this happens, if this happens. And you know, I don't know about you. I always just kind of thought, all right, whatever. I just got to click through this, click through it, click through it. Okay, that's never going to happen. And it it happened. The fucking roof yep. <laughs> caught on fire. It and was
1: ridiculous.
0: I don't think, I, like, I don't know about you. I don't know the full story. As far as I know, it just involves some tar that people left up on the it, roof.
1: I mean, it. I, there's been multiple sources that have come to me throughout the years after the fire, who have said, oh, it's this, it's this, it's this, it's that. And I, I have no straight answer because even my former boss doesn't have an answer for that. And I understand legally, he may not be able to speak on it, but, um, I remember walking to the Winn-Dixie after, um, speaking to my mom on the phone and one of my regulars, they were these two little old couples. All right they were walking down and I said hey you might not want to go to Dunkin' today because it's on fire and they were like oh well I guess it's a Krispy Kreme now Uh, and then on (laughs) Facebook it blew up people saying Krispy Kreme because they think we fry our donuts it was crazy
0: (laughs) yeah like the memes that started coming out like the most popular one that I remember was when you ask for your bagel extra toasted and then it just had a picture of of the fucking building just burning to the ground
1: the amount of people that sent me that was astronomical and I kept telling them like is it your job that you're out of work for no I don't think it's very funny right now I can look back now and laugh at that because it is pretty comical but they have a beautiful store now and it's doing very well and I'm happy for them but um as far as Duncan goes that that was a definite crazy day in my opinion
0: yeah i mean they took um they took care of us because i mean they 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 transferred us or they transferred me to the one across town and then i think you ended up at the other one across town right yeah
1: i went to the nova king family at um old kings which was actually ideal because it's closer to where i lived um but yeah glenn has always taken care of his employees and made sure they were you know treated correctly so I can definitely say that much in in that aspect.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely like I was standing there just watching. I was thinking, all right, now I guess uh, <laughs> I guess I got to go work for Starbucks. And uh, oh
1: yeah. <laughs> and
0: uh, no, they were like, no, no, we'll take care of you. Uh, that only happened once I got fired from Dunkin' Donuts. Then I was like, all right, now I guess I got to go work oh, for right, Starbucks. Oh right,
1: definitely. I mean, that happened to me too. I literally I had made a joke on my social media pertaining to the fact that my socks matched the logo and I thought it was cute. And I guess a coworker that I had on my Snapchat caught wind of it and she was not the type to be on my side and definitely uh, spread that to the manager. And then I got let go. And I think you were there that day. I actually asked if I could stay for the rest of my shift to finish it out. And they just told me to pack it up and go and then I started working at a hotel because it just seemed like a more ideal situation for me, but it it's definitely evolved as a company. It's definitely different.
0: <laughs> yeah. And now what you're a, now you're a certified nursing assistant.
1: Oh yeah. I'm a CNA. Um, I take care of insurance claims right now, just for the time being, because in Hawaii I was doing house calls and taking care of people. Um, but since I moved back, because I did move back about two months ago, um, I'm not able to transfer to Brooksdale where I was supposed to go. So right now I'm just kind of handling insurance claims for some of the families of uh, the elderly who have either gotten sick from Corona or are falling ill and are in hospice now, Um, which is a definitely, it's definitely a taxing mental job. Um, at the moment, but I couldn't be more blessed in the situation I'm in for sure.
0: So, okay. So yeah, so you skipped a big, cause like literally I remember that the day I found out that you were, that you were heading off to Hawaii and I thought it was just like a little vacation thing. I had no clue <laughs> that you were just up and leaving and just saying, Nope, I'm pulling an Adam oh, Sandler. Yeah. I'm, I'm Sandling <laughs> this thing. I, I'm taking a, I'm taking a permanent vacation to Hawaii.
1: Well, I moved there two years ago. Um, I got married to my so-called high school sweetheart. And then um, a year into us being married, things just kind of went rocky. And um, we both amicably decided to just part ways. Um, He's more of a child than I thought. And after the divorce was finalized, I kind of found that out. But you know, you live, you learn, and the and ha- rest of the second year I spent with um, my coworkers that were at the restaurant I worked at. I worked at Ruby Tuesdays, Hawaii in Wanalua. Um, and I just ended up living in a house. I rented out a house and had roommates, and then stuck it out until I moved two months ago. So, and how old are you? I'm twenty.
0: Jeez, Chloe,
1: you got (laughs) married so young. Yes, I did. (laughs) All right.
0: So, okay. So, this is something I mean, uh, you know, I hope it's not a touchy subject, but I feel like, uh, I feel like,
1: absolutely. I feel
0: like we got to talk about this because so that would mean that you got married at 18. Yes. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Do you look back on that and you go, what was I thinking?
1: Oh, absolutely. There's not a day that goes by at this point, especially knowing what I know now about him. um, He wasn't the type of person who would lead on to be a cheater or whatever. And he proved me right in all those areas. So I think in my opinion, I just took the path that I needed to take. And we both split ways for a good reason. And like I said, I feel blessed to be in the situation I'm in now, um, knowing that I have you know, family here that cares a lot about me and, um, I'm taking care of my mom and my brother. And it just, it seems like more fitting that I had to go through that situation and learn that lesson to really be where I am now.
0: It's just a shame that it probably like, I'm not familiar with how much a divorce costs, but it's not cheap. right? Oh,
1: it, it was, I mean, I am in considerable debt for it. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I'm taking it as a grain of salt and just moving on with my life as, I guess, productive and positively as I can.
0: Yeah, that's so, oh man, <laughs> so sorry for you. I've been a
1: lot and that's not even half of it, so. Oh, I bet. That's why,
0: that that's really why it sucks that this has to be, that this is going to be a short episode because I feel like we could have filled a hour and a half, two hour episode. Just <laughs> everything about you just seems like, you know, because I was thinking when you, I wanted to get you on here. I was thinking, okay, so, you know, what is it that I really feel like, you know, I want to ask her. So I definitely wanted to focus on the Hawaii stuff, but I wanted to, like, I had no clue that you had gotten married at such a young age. For some reason, I thought you were like in your mid twenties. I don't know why I thought you were, (laughs) why you were so young.
1: I mean, most people have come to me and told me the same thing that I carry myself a lot more mature than I am. And in that for the most part, I feel like that's because I had to grow up at such a young age. I got my first job when I was 14. Um, I worked and took care of my brothers until my middle child brother moved away. Um, and I started taking care of myself, you know, and I feel like I matured early and I had the right guidance early because without my mom, I honestly don't think I'd be where I am today mentally. Um, she's been my biggest rock and cheerleader through everything. So I I can definitely put props to my mom, you know, because she's guided me through everything and always supported me no matter what.
0: Was she one of those moms that was like, you know what, honey, you do what makes you happy? Or was she sort of like hitting upside the head going like, <laughs> Chloe, what are you
1: doing? Chloe. Well, I can definitely say the, I think it was a month before I actually got married um, and we were talking about me moving. Uh, her, me, and his mom had a conversation at, arguably enough, Duncan. Um, and <laughs> we, ha- we had this blow up fight and it was, you know, me just trying to be all, I guess, know it all like I know everything you don't you don't know about my situation and blah 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 but at the same time past all of the angriness and the frustration and her not wanting me to go she always said if this makes you happy do it but I'll always be here you know when you come back if you come back if you don't want to come back I'm always here for you and I feel like that gave me ammunition to pursue what I wanted to investigate at the time because I always had like that safe spot to come back. Did she agree with it? Hell no. <laughs> Did she think it was a great idea? No, but she always told me, if you make a mistake, I'll be here to fix it for you as best as I can. And if I can't fix it, I'll let you go through it and I'll help you, you know. So I think it was the support that gave me ammunition enough to go through my life so far and have, you know, the lessons I've already learned taken down in note, because if I didn't go through that, I honestly don't think I'd have, you know, stories like this to tell or um, the experience that I, you know, have behind what I've done. So I feel like without that support, I wouldn't be here today because my mom is my biggest cheerleader
0: yeah, and the idea of because I love how you were like my so-called high school sweetheart. It's always that oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's, it's it, I'm telling you it's i I went through it too. it's It's just you're so wrapped up in 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 that feeling. and and I don't know if that was your, you know, case, but it was, you know, if I
1: mean, for a long time it was. um, I think the breaking point for me in our marriage was knowing that because he he was a marine, first of all um doesn't excuse any of his behavior um at, at all but he did decide to um take it upon himself to cheat on me um in the guest bedroom right next to our master bedroom where I slept jesus um yeah and me finding out about that was kind of that push i think i needed because it's our relationship started getting rocky probably around the second year of us being together because I've known him for eight years and I started dating him uh, very young. Um, we started dating for about, I want to say, four and a half years. So um, I think that breaking point was when that happened, you know, and I was able to have that time to myself because I I became very distant from him once I found that out. Um, and he didn't like that. He didn't like the distance. He didn't like the emotional detachment. Um, Because he's very, he's a very selfish person. Um, He thinks mostly about himself and what's going to, uh, I guess, benefit him in any situation. So me finding that out was more of a push for me to think about myself more and about my own mental health, because that I feel like that really, Honestly, it helps me realize what I deserve, you know, and it's much better than that.
0: Do you feel like if you were to ever have kids, you like, do you feel like you're going to try to uh, advise against that whole, you know? I know you you feel like you're in love but trust me it probably 9 times out of 10
1: <laughs> it's probably
0: not. Or, or, I most mean
1: most likely. Cuz not to say
0: <laughs> cuz I mean it would be naive of me to say that it wasn't real like I mean like you know if you had your way I imagine you would still be together right? It's
1: Yes. I feel like at one point it was. Um, But he started lying to me and making up excuses for things, you know, and the distance, honestly, before I moved to Hawaii to be with him. Because he had been stationed there in uh, Kaneohe for um, two years prior to me moving there. So I feel like me moving there was such a shock for him to have somebody like there always taking care of things, always being on top of stuff. Um, And he became lazy, didn't want to contribute to the household. Um, He did win my emotional support dog in the divorce, which crushed crushed me, um, to say the least. But, um, like small example with the dog, he wouldn't walk the dog unless I told him to, you know, I'd be working 16, 17 hour days, seven days a week. And I would still walk that dog, feed the dog, clean the house, you know, do things like that. And he wasn't willing to participate. And I just feel like me being there was kind of a hard place for him because he didn't know how to handle himself. And, um, me bringing up therapy, you know, we went to therapy twice and I, again, another universal sign to me, I feel like the universe just shouted it in bold letters to me, um, was when we got finished with our second therapy session and the therapist tells him to go outside. And, um, her name was Angela and she literally pulled me aside and said, honey, why are you married to him? (laughs) And I said, because I love him, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, you're stuck with him. Divorce him. And I I honestly, I ignored that. I want to say for a, a couple of months and then the cheating happened. And I was like, you know what? She was right. <laughs> you know, I guess sometimes you just feel like this person's entrapped you and you can, you know, you feel powerless but a healthy powerless until it becomes unhealthy and I felt very unhealthily powerless you know he had control over finances which is why I am in debt um, to this day. he had control over the household he had control over you know spending costs uh almost everything and I you know I participated as much as I could and then I got sick because I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Um, I actually spent almost three weeks in the ICU after fainting at work. Um, so I just feel like I'm much better now knowing what I know because of the crap that I've gone through. It just puts everything into perspective.
0: Wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> That's I don't know, that's sad. I mean, it's it's just unfortunate that that has to happen, you know, to especially in such a idealistic kind of place you know like you feel like hawaii is hawaii is this place that you know besides pearl harbor uh you know but you (laughs) like you really think that this is like the ultimate escape it's like all right if i go here nothing's gonna follow me like you know i imagine i imagine so many people probably go to hawaii that you know are trying to leave behind such negativity and it's such a shame
1: almost all the time and you know it's They make it a hallmark paradise, and it's really not. The economic situation there is so broken. Um, The spending costs for almost everything the government there does is absolutely horrible. Um, The living conditions for people that are not locals are supreme compared to people who have lived there their entire life. Um, Military housing actually... At the Kaneohe base is so run down, it's ridiculous. Even the higher ups, like command and officer, the plumbing issues that are there are horrible. They spend more money on building parks and building like recreation areas than fixing the housing for families that need it, you know. And the crime rate is horrible there as well. I'm not knocking Hawaii completely because it is a beautiful state and I. I am thankful for the opportunity to have gone there, you know, because had I not gone there, I wouldn't be able to tell my children and grandchildren and, you know, so far and so forth that I've been there, you know, and that, Hey, at least once in your life, go to Hawaii because it's an experience. But I definitely advise against living there (laughs) unless you're a local or Samoan, please do not live in Hawaii. (laughs) Just for the fact that it's it's so broken economically and the freaking, the uh, crime rate, the gun laws are similar to Japan, right? So it, you can't have a concealed carry unless you're military or government or security. So people stab people constantly. Um, in Kalihi Valley, that's where the crime rate is very large. Um, and it's mostly because in the Valley, if you get stabbed or shot or whatever, whatever have you, um, and you scream, nobody will hear you. Cause you're in a freaking Valley, man. Like it, it's, it's crazy. Jesus. So, I mean, even in Waikiki, the beautiful beaches of Waikiki, there's so many people that still commit grand theft auto. Um, and they'll mostly take the car and gut it out take all the pieces and parts out and sell it and then leave the frame just on the side of the highway like it's ridiculous <laughs>
0: wow this is the stuff you don't see in those adam sandler oh, absolutely.
1: movies <laughs> yeah this is the stuff that most of the time people are like oh the postcards are so beautiful and i'm like that's on a nice sunny day when it's not pouring down rain and you're not getting stabbed in waikiki beach because you just looked at a guy funny you know it's definitely different.
0: <laughs> wow, I mean, that's like so. You've lived in, you know, because uh, you know, Florida is pretty similar, I guess. In in Absolutely. in the in the idea of what it is, you know, like this escape. And um, so, you actually prefer Florida over Hawaii.
1: Um, personally, I my goal is to be in Colorado, hopefully by the end of next year, um, depending on how my savings go, because so far it's been pretty good we're on an up upscale but um I definitely prefer Florida if I were to choose over Hawaii because it's similar in the fact that the crime is similar but it's cheaper to live here and you don't have to wait so long for everything because everything in Hawaii is imported on boats right so if you were to um, ship your car there, it's going to be 2,000 to 4,000, depending on what your car vehicle make and model is, to ship it back to the mainland. So here in the mainland, you don't have to do that. You can drive to whatever state. In Hawaii, you're kind of sea-locked, you know? And I think that's kind of the reason why most people are depressed there, I guess I did fall into a little bit of a depression there. Um, especially after my divorce and having that topic aside, you know, it, I felt very trapped because a plane ticket is not just like $60. It's almost a thousand to come back here. Um, and my vehicle, you know, I, paying to ship my vehicle. I still don't have my vehicle yet um, due to the fact that I'm waiting for the military to sign the last two documents to sign the legal rights of the vehicle back to me um, because they paid to ship it there. Um, So the shipping of things, everything's either on a boat or through airmail. That's part of the reason why the economy is so messed up there is because everything has to be imported and it's from the mainland and produce, especially if you don't use it the day you buy it, it's going to expire. And it's because it's been on a boat or a plane for so many days for like seven days. So, I mean, I, I, I don't miss, <laughs> I don't miss leaving, you know, a box of crackers on the table and, you know, not worrying about uh, ants coming up to the, table and eating it because the ants were really bad especially if you were up on a mountain and um, one of my co-workers actually taught me this trick that whenever um, you think ants have gotten to your food if it tastes spicy a sugar ant got to it <laughs>
0: so like so. If you, so, so, so like if you bite into a cracker and it's a spicy cracker
1: yeah Oh my god. If it tastes like it's got pepper in it Ugh. and it's not supposed to, then there's little ants that Ugh. have gotten to it. I've learned a couple of tips and tricks for sure. I <laughs>
0: Chloe, I could not live there, man. Like it's
1: <laughs> I, in, I would not recommend it.
0: I mean, we live in a buggy state, you know what I mean? And 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 this for shit, sure. I don't like bugs. Like I I flip out if I find a spider in here or if I you know like <laughs> like, like like if moths get inside, like I'm flipping out, like right. it's Uh uh-uh. So yeah, I guess, you know, that's the stuff you don't think about. It's, I, I honestly would have thought that you wouldn't need a car in Hawaii, that you would maybe just need like one of those little like mopeds or. I mean,
1: that's what most people preferred. Um, but it's once rain season hits in Hawaii, it's rainy, like on top of the mountain, all you get is mountain breeze, um, especially at the housing. Um, it's, People like their vehicles because there's AC in there. And most of the housing, if you're not in military housing, there's no AC. It's just windows. There's no AC unit. You can't buy a unit fan for uh, your house unless your landlord, you know, permits it. So your house gets very muggy and hot during rain season and um there's no winter it's just spring and summer all year round basically so when it's hot and there's no rain you you sit in your room and you freaking sweat your ass off it's crazy um and I I remember telling my mom this story because she was like how did you keep yourself cool because I get hot heat exhaustion really easy um I told her about the one time I bought five unit fans for $90 each just to simulate air conditioning, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so I definitely tried to cut corners where I could but at the same time I needed to survive so being in you know my room for a long time during the nighttime it was stuffy and uncomfortable um and when i came back here for christmas vacation cuz i spent about i want to say 10 days here um over christmas before moving Uh, I was shivering in the house and my mom asked me, are you okay? Like, do you need a blanket? Do you need me to put the heat on? And you know how Florida really doesn't get that cold. It was freezing in the house and it was on heat. So I, my body adapted to being very hot all the time and coming here, you know, stepping out of a hot shower, I was freezing cold and my teeth were chattering And I just, I was not used to air conditioning at all. (laughs) I was used to waiting to get into um, my bedroom from the bathroom to get, you know, a fan on me. And that was about it.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's proof right there that the mind and the body, I mean, it's just so adaptable. And, and, you know what I mean? That's, (laughs) that's funny. That's a, that's a funny story. I mean, it's not funny, but it's, well,
1: it's funny to me now, but being in the situation was a little, not so funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, but like if that ever comes up in a future podcast, I'm definitely going to be like, oh, like my friend Chloe, she told me and like this is like this is proof that the mind yeah. <laughs> can adapt to whatever situation it is. And then if it has to adapt to something else, there's usually this kind of, you know, the, the, the this period of time where it's just torturous, I would imagine. Um, absolutely
1: <laughs> that's that's
0: crazy that's so crazy because yeah like i've always thought i want to go to hawaii you know but i've never thought i want to live in hawaii it's always like this...
1: definitely go for vacation exactly i would definitely go you know just to have that experience and to be like hey i went to fucking hawaii you yeah. know
0: mm-hmm. it's uh it's that place that just seems like you know come here for a week tops and then go back right. to you know go back to your <laughs> your your little home in the normal
1: boring life because it's not much better there (laughs) because that's funny because
0: because that's funny so you have the 50 states and then but but then you have out of those 50 you have those two states hawaii and alaska that are polar opposites and it's like who the hell would even want to live in alaska like that just seems torturous too like that seems like
1: my my good buddy actually is thinking about moving to alaska and um he has family that have You know visited Alaska and gone to like places like New Zealand and stuff like that, but Alaska in particular, I, I don't think it's an ideal situation just like Hawaii, you know, it looks cool for like maybe a week weak tops Uh, and then after that the lust you know for wanting to adventure and stuff just gets monotone and then you're stuck there and then you don't have a way out and then you're you know depressed in the snow or (laughs) depressed in the heat it you know it's very temperamental so I feel like if somebody were to live in Alaska you better be ready to live in Alaska because that's far (laughs) away yeah you need to tell your
0: you need to tell your friend uh if he hasn't already because this is the reason why i will never go to alaska i saw this movie it's called insomnia with al pacino Mm -hmm. and robin williams um
1: I think I've heard of that. I've never watched it. Oh, but I, I have heard of it. Sounds familiar. God,
0: Chloe, it's a PSA for not moving to Alaska. It's just a <laughs> it's a giant commercial about why you should not move to Alaska. And oh, God. I mean it's called insomnia because the sun doesn't, you know, it, it stays out for like for months and it it, right. it, it never goes down.
1: They and have a dark time of the year for sure. And it's depressing. It really um depresses you. I mean One of my uh, good family friends lives in Oregon, and he lives, you know, in Mountainside, so it's very snowy all the time, very cold, and his only companions are his dogs, you know, and he finds solace in the fact that he has his dogs with him and beautiful scenery, but he's a very depressed individual, and it's because it gets so cold and so you know, there's no sun. There's basically no sun there. And it happens every once in a while where he'll make a Facebook post and be like, hey, I'm really struggling. Any kind words would be great. And you feel bad because you want to help that person. But at the same time, they are choosing to live there. So like really snowy places are only for certain people. I really feel like certain people are equipped and mentally able to be there. And then the rest of us, you know, haven't really found out who we truly are inside. So being stuck with your own thoughts or being stuck with a person who doesn't, you know, give you that good bounce back of conversation, that good give and take, it makes you insane. You know, I mean, I've talked to a couple of my friends who are in the military, um, who have gone to Dubai and to Japan and stuff like that, and they've gone alone. And they have told me, you know, their depression story, like, hey, I went through this really bad time. And they always end the story with, don't go to this place alone. Because you need to have that good give and take with somebody, and you need to have that good mental state. Because when you're alone in those places, like, I feel like in Hawaii, when I did become more alone, I didn't have much to really, I guess, make me feel normal. And, like, I had a purpose until I joined a uh, motorcycle club. And I started riding with um, a couple of my friends that, I mean, to this day, are still my friends. So I feel like it just helps to have that little bit of support when you're going through something, especially if you're landlocked or sea locked (laughs) because it's, it's difficult to, you know, narrow down what makes you feel good and what doesn't make you feel good during the day when you don't have a, a, you know, an escape. You can't just say, Hey, I'm going to drive to Cali for a weekend. You can't do that. (laughs) You know, it's difficult.
0: (laughs) Yep. I'm going to go see this one mountain that I've seen a, a thousand times. All right. Now I'm going to go over to this mountain that I've seen a thousand right? times. And then I That's guess I'll like go the home.
1: Lookouts. <laughs> it's like the lookouts that we would go, you know, we would blaze a trail, ride our bikes for maybe 25, 30 miles, and then, wow. uh, ride them back, you know, and just tour the Island. And that was about it. You can only go around the Island a million times, you know? Yeah. And granted, I've never been to Maui, but, Out of the islands of Hawaii, I feel like Maui is the most kept up and the most authentic Um, just for the fact that it's not touristy. A lot of people do travel to Maui just for a tourist vacation, but it's not as largely touristy as, say, Waikiki or um, the Moanalua Shopping Center or Ala Moana, you know, I feel like it's more down to earth. And that's why a lot of people do choose to live in Maui, um, because it's more authentic and ethnically, you know, charged. Like there's jobs there that are all homegrown jobs for small businesses. And um, people are able to thrive there better because it's a happier island and there's less racism, less crime. Don't get me wrong. There is crime all over all of the islands um but maui in in what i've researched is the lesser of two evils in my opinion
0: Jeez. well look here's a segue for you well uh because i'm the i'm the king of segs so <laughs> you have on your facebook profile you have like your uh like i love this bio i guess is what they call it so you have life is crazy but baby i'm all right silly individual who's overcome all odds thus far and fuck Kurons. Um <laughs> and i love that so okay so this is the segue, right? So this is a this is a lovely segue. You were like you said diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and correct. This is something that I imagine if you are diagnosed with it, do you almost instantly sort of become like a like an advocate for you know finding because like um, is there like a is there a cure for this thing?
1: Uh, I. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, no, it's an autoimmune disease. So you are born with it and either it starts affecting you immediately as a child or you um, deal with the fact that, you know, eventually it's going to ruin your life. And like most autoimmune diseases, it's something that you can manage but never get rid of Um for my Crohn's disease. So there's two different types that really affect people. There's the type that affects your bathroom usage. That is not me. Um, (laughs) My Crohn's disease affects my digestion. So I can't eat very fibrous vegetables, um, stuff that has a lot of spice in it. Um, And it started affecting me I think I want to say a week or two into me being in Hawaii, um, the altitude was different there. The um, weather was different there. And I feel like that was a big factor as well. Um, and I didn't really think much was wrong. Um, in my opinion, I thought, you know, Oh, I'm just, you know, sick. It is what it is. I'll get over it. And um, that proved to be a completely <laughs> wild understatement. Um because uh, it was, I, I worked three jobs when I was here in um, Florida and Palm Coast. I worked at Aldi in the morning. I delivered Chinese food and pizza in the afternoon and then closed a bar at nighttime. Um, and I really overworked myself to the point, you know, my family members were coming to me saying, hey, what is going on? You know, you're a completely different person and you're always tired. You need to quit one of these jobs, you know. And I was, you know, I had, I guess, a very overpowering uh, will to just keep going on and ignoring my well-being. And I feel like that really fucked me up in the aspect that when I did move, I was able to just chill out for, you know, however long I needed to. I didn't have distractions, nothing. It was just me. And um, I... At Aldi, I I remember it was the first like week of me feeling off, and I was so thirsty. I was working a 12-hour shift. I was about to get off and then have a completely whole day to myself, no delivering, no bar closing. It was nice. And I hadn't brought any food. I didn't eat all day. And we were finishing the warehouse and closing up during the nighttime. And I drank a Powerade, all right? And this Powerade, I did not know at the time, but it was expired. And I didn't know Powerade could expire, you know, because you don't really pay attention to those things. And um, a coworker told me maybe two or three days later, hey, did you drink this Powerade? You shouldn't have. It's it's expired. And I just immediately was like, that's going to explain why I feel so crappy and i thought okay well maybe i just have like food poisoning it'll go away didn't go away i kept ignoring it and it was a month into me being in hawaii where i had to go to the er because i did not feel right and they did a million different blood tests on me millions of different uh x-rays everything i mean i had stomach surgery later on down the line but um they Came to the conclusion that it was um, digestion Crohn's. So what I had was a allergic reaction that kind of spiraled into something else. And I, I mean, in my opinion, I blame it on the Powerade that it just kind of kickstarted the rest of it. But I, all of my life, I feel like I've had issues in that area because certain foods would just ruin, you know, the rest of my day because I always felt faint. I wasn't able to, you know, function throughout the day. Um, I felt nauseous constantly. And um, that Christmas before I moved, um, me and my family went down St. George Street, and I just felt sharp, stabbing pains in my stomach, and I could not walk. Like, it stops you in your tracks, man. It's really bad. Um, And my mom, you know, said, hey, I will get you help if you think you need help. And me being the you know tough cookie that I am, I just ignored it, which I feel like was one thing I can say I really do regret because it could have been stopped earlier on. Um, and I just ignored it because I thought I'm invincible. I'll be fine. It's okay, and it's not. So is this is this something that
0: if you if you catch it like you said earlier on, is it is it easier to go through?
1: I feel like it would have been easier to manage, given the fact that I would know what I had, Um, because I had multiple colonoscopies. I had multiple endoscopies that I had to be put down under for, um, and my stomach surgery, which I still have a scar from, um, where they took tissue from my um, stomach because they thought I had cancer at one point, which was completely untrue. Um, I I mean, I feel like the reason I'm such an advocate now is because I've been through all of that. You know, just based off a diagnosis, I don't think I would have become such a big advocate for the community um, because I am part of a group called um, something. I can't remember the exact name, but it's on Facebook. And I give advice to um, everybody who, you know, asks because had that been around, when I was suffering and had I known about that when I was suffering, I would have been so much more healthy, um, mental wise, because it does take a big chunk of your mental health and ruin it. Um, given the fact that you spend most of your nights alone, if you're not managing it well, you spend most of your nights and days alone, um, in the bathroom, either, having troubles using the bathroom or puking up the water you drink. Um, for me, I couldn't keep food down at all. So I would try drinking water. I would try, you know, taking immune, you know, stuff like vitamin C. I did almost everything that I could. And then I was diagnosed with this. And I I honestly, it shed a lot of light on what was happening so, um, I feel like if I had not gone through what I went through, I wouldn't have been such a big advocate because like, it, it, it's just the same as if somebody were to survive a, you know, stroke. If that stroke honestly was brought on by your own doing, you really shouldn't be an advocate. If, if, you know, all that is self-imposed, why be an advocate if you created that? Um, if it's something that's beyond your control and it's just a natural happening and you've gone through stuff that you can definitely give advice for anyone who has questions, then be an advocate, be part of the community. You know, there's people that feel alone like you felt. And I, I, I'm i the type of person to always be there for people whether they think they have nobody or they think they are, you know, so full of advice they can't take it anymore. I'm always there. So, I mean, I've had ladies come to me um over Facebook and Twitter and be like, "Hey, have you gone through this and blah 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 so and so?" and I give them my input and, you know, I try to make an impact because if that's the only thing I can do in this situation, then I feel like I've made you know a difference somewhat.
0: Yeah, that's a that's an interesting uh, interesting statement you said there, where if you know you you kind of self-impose your or, or, or self-inflict, I guess is the like the correct word. Yeah. If you do that, then why would you be an advocate? It's I don't know. It's I feel like I've heard enough stories. Like I feel like I've definitely heard enough examples of you know people that were doing you know whether it's being like an alcoholic right like they right they were they were you know basically addicted to it and they saw the ramifications that it had on their life and their personal life and family friends and and then they had that turning point and now they're you know, now they do advocate against it. And, and I think, you know, it's a case by case kind of thing, but, you know, It's
1: very situational. Yeah. I will definitely agree with you on that. It's very situational. Um, just for the fact that sometimes if you um, just say you cut your finger on a piece of paper, you're not going to be like, Oh yeah, do the same thing I did because that it doesn't seem logical, right? The human response to that would be, Hey, try and do it a different way and learn from my mistake, you know? So it it just depends on the situation, in my opinion, because, I mean, my mom survived a brain aneurysm and she's still alive today. A year after that, she got pregnant with me and now I'm here today. You know, I feel like it's... She's every year for stroke awareness. She's an advocate for um, stroke survivors and people, you know, spreading awareness that if you've seen signs in these people... That this is what you have to do to make sure that person is okay, you know, but she's not overly dramatic about it. She doesn't go around town telling her story, you know, she's just her. And that's what I feel like I try to do. Um, But at the same time, keep awareness that, hey, if you feel alone, you don't have to feel alone because there's other people around you. Just like, you know, you don't know what your neighbor goes through, you know, It's, it's all situational. But definitely to segue off of that, that um, she she is the type of person to do the same thing I do. And that's just be there for people, no matter if they, you know, created that issue or if it just naturally happened.
0: Yeah, it's definitely passed down. So, I mean, I, you know, I I know your mom, Emily, and shout out as well. Shout out again. Um <laughs> lovely, lovely person. You know, I've, I've had multiple interactions with her. And so I definitely see how it's, how it's, you know, went from her to you. And then, you know, like I said, if you have a child and I'm, I'm sure that'll be passed along. So it's, it's definitely a good family tree you got going on there. Um,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: but you know, it is, it is unfortunate that the human mind is so wired in such a way that, you know, if you feel signs, you know, a lot of us do just kind of, push it away. Like we're just, yeah, I'm invincible or yeah, it's whatever. Uh, you know, I'll get over it tomorrow. And, and right. it's just, you know, it sucks that we're wired that way. And then it also sucks that it's just, it's really not that easy or cheap to get this shit checked out. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and a lot of people um, stay away because of that.
1: Yeah, my brother, um, it was a couple of months before I moved um, recently, before the quarantine and the lockdown and everything kind of blowing into this huge mushroom cloud we call Corona. um, My brother, my youngest brother, Sam, he got deathly sick and I mean, it got to the point where he was aggressive. He retaliated. Didn't want to take medication. Didn't want to do anything. Um, and my mom finally got him to go to the ER. And the nurse, it was she tells the story so well because she was right there with him um, that he uh, took the little swab test and everything. And she said, "Wow." This came up as influenza B real quick. Usually it takes about an hour. And I mean, this might be a little conspiracy, but in my family, we all are so close and tight-knit to the point where almost every talk topic um we agree on. I feel like it might have been corona because he laid in bed for a month and could not sleep, couldn't eat. He was sick. He couldn't breathe. Like everything Corona signs, you know, pointing towards that door. And, um, he came to my mom one of those days and it was when she brought him something to eat to see if he'd eat. Um, and he told her straight up like, mom, I think I'm going to die. You know, I feel like I'm going to die. He had muscle aches. He couldn't move his freaking arms or legs. He was sick. He was deathly sick. And um, I, I feel like it was a trying time for both of them because I wasn't able to just fly down and take care of things. I had to wait, you know, and um, I thankfully got here before the travel ban in Hawaii um, was put in place. But he was definitely sick. Sam was definitely um, sick and it call it conspiracy, but I definitely think it was Corona, <laughs> you know, and it it's sad to me that we, I mean, push it aside so much just to keep on that, um, that question. I feel like he pushed it aside until it, you know, blew out into the mushroom cloud of Corona. He really, he He's the type of person to not be a baby about sickness. And that's how my entire family is. It's like rough and tough it out and then deal with it. And he let it get so bad to the point where he couldn't move out of the bed. So I I think most people think that it's easier to do that because it's inconvenient to their regular routine, like going and seeing friends, going to work every day, Um, my former boss, Tammy, she would always complain about having to go to the bathroom and pee. And I was like, why do you complain about that so much? And she said something that really like hit home for me. She was like, well, it's inconvenient. And I, I really thought about that. And it made me think that the inconvenience of natural like stuff has really put a mark on everybody's routine. Like, everyone has that one thing that they always do every day, every week, every month, so forth. So, his was hang out with his friends. He was like, I can't see my friends. I can't do this, blah, 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 blah. I feel like his little routine was messed up. So, when you say, like, it's all about pushing it aside for most people, it, that's for sure true because... <laughs> You know, I personally did it. My mom does it a lot. And so does my uh, the rest of my family and some of my friends, too. I notice it. Um, I think as Americans, we're built into having a routine and following it and following the everyday, you know, grind of everything, whether it be school, work, a job that's, you know, emotionally or physically taxing. Everybody has their own little routine afterwards. So that, it's definitely an interesting thing to think about. Yeah,
0: it is, and I'd love to continue to think about it with you. And there has to be a part two to this, um, for sure, <laughs> because uh, I do have to uh, get ready. Uh, I have like, just a couple minutes, so, um, and I do actually have to go use the bathroom. So um, <laughs> uh, it was it was really fun to talk to you, uh, and you know, just to kind of hear like I guess like the Cliff Notes version of your story. So um,
1: absolutely.
0: Hopefully you get that podcast going because you got uh, some good insights. So um, where can, if anybody wants to, like if they have any questions or anything like that, because you know you're definitely sounds like you're an expert in in especially you know in the Crohn's disease area, but you know in just in in life, you know. So what is what is the social media? If uh,
1: um, I mean, I I'm most active on Snapchat, but if anybody wants to um, ask me questions, you can follow me or friend me on Facebook I'm always there Um, it's Chloe Linnae on Facebook if you can't find me you can go through Eddie's page Um, but as always I'm always here for anybody who just wants to talk whether it be about Crohn's or whether it be about anything else so Facebook's my primary for that
0: yeah it's been fun so I will talk to you once again down the road and uh, get you back on here all right
1: that sounds wonderful. It's great talking to you as well.
0: All right. Tell your mom I said hey.
1: Of course. <laughs> All right. Bye, Chloe. Bye bye.